Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Scott Guasco. This is episode 165 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today is a very special episode. I'm joined by Chris Benavides of the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast, Lucas Kaser, who you all know, and Paul Borowski, who is in the TCK Pod Listener League Championship for the second year in a row. This time, he's up against Lucas. Chris and I recap Week 15 and how we both came up short in the finals, and then I bring on Lucas and Paul to preview Week 16 and the TCK Pod Listener League Championship. Paul also reveals the meaning of his team names, that have been a guessing game on the podcast for the last two years. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. All right, y'all, we have made it to the finals. Hopefully you're getting those hashtag TCK titles. We've got a very special episode today recapping the TCK Pod Listener League round two semifinals and previewing the championship here this week. Uh, this is the first quadfecta, if you will. Uh, right now, I am joined by Chris Benavides of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me, as usual. Yes, man. Always a pleasure. And uh, on the other side, after the break, we're going to bring in Lucas, who you're familiar with, and Paul, who is uh, a friend of the podcast on the back end. He helps out with the websites and things. He was actually the semifinalist uh, last year, uh, the runner-up in the league. This year, he's back in the championship against Lucas. We're going to have those guys jump on in the second half. But, Chris, unfortunately, you and I are on the wrong side of the semifinals (laughs) this time around. Uh, Lucas got by me, and Paul got by you. Unfortunately, we both lost by about the same amount, about 25 points or so. Take me through your matchup really quick, man. I'll take you take everyone through uh, ours, and then uh, we'll quickly just kind of recap the rest of the league here. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, unfortunately, we didn't make it. Um, you know, we had a couple of positions that just, you know, didn't come through for us, and I'll get into that in a second. Uh, we were up against Charlotte Regalanawa, who uh, changed his name on behalf of our changing names, and unfortunately, uh, he got the better of us, so... Uh, he's currently Charlotte Pasha. I dude, I still don't know where he gets his names from. Do you know? Like, do you know the backstory behind that? Before I get into the to the matchup, maybe maybe we'll find out in the second half of the episode. <laughs> All right, awesome, awesome. That's great. Cool. Yeah, we were talking about it on uh, one of our episodes, and we were like, this guy's screwing with us because we don't know what his name means. So it's it's even more scary. Um. Anyways, Psycho- he had a psychological warfare, bro. Dude, it really is right. Um. Anyways, yeah, we. I mean, you know, he just had a good team all season. I mean, I think he finished like nine and four. Um, and then, you know, he just had guys that came alive at the right time. So I'll just go through his, his, uh, his lineup with uh, the points here. So we had Deshaun Watson. He had 20 points. He had Mark Ingram on that Thursday night game who had 23 points with his two touchdowns. Great game there. Uh, Melvin Gordon actually had a pretty tough day with six points with two fumbles. Um, Michael Thomas obviously beasted out with, uh, you know, 12 receptions, 128 yards, and uh, a touchdown. Mark Cooper had a quiet night for him. He had two points. Uh, Travis Kelsey beasted out with 25. Uh, DJ Moore had 20 points. Uh, he had Williams, uh, Jamal Williams from Green Bay uh, with three points. He had Pittsburgh's defense with eight points and Butker as his kicker with 10 points. Um, on his bench, I mean, he had Tom Brady, who, uh, you know, I think was a kind of a questionable play at best. Um, but then left actually Jameis Winston on the bench, put up 40 points with uh, four TDs. He, he just had a monster day. 
um, against Detroit. So, uh, you know, either way, you know, he had enough to beat us. So, you know, it just it is what it is. On our end, um, I'll kind of go through it here. We had Drew Brees for 36 points. Obviously, had that record-breaking night, which is great. You know, just great to kind of watch in general. Um, just was enough. I was actually kind of doing the math in my head while that was happening. And, like, in the fourth quarter, before they sat Brees, I was kind of like, all right, you know, we only need Brees to get 24 more points. It's possible. But he just, <laughs> they took him out. So, <laughs> that was obviously not going not gonna to happen. Um, so, continuing on, Le'Veon Bell had 10 points. Nick Chubb had 23. And then this is kind of where we lost a lot of ground. Robert Woods and Adam Thielen both collectively had five points for us. Um, you know, and against Michael Thomas, who put up 30. It just wasn't going to happen. Um, Mark Andrews at 15. Josh Jacobs actually, you know, was, was kind of questionable for us. We weren't sure if we we're going to start him. But he ended up playing with 12. Austin Eckler, 12 points. Seattle's defense, four points. And then Greg DeLeg, obviously the whole team. The LA Rams had just been hot and cold all year. So, only with one point. Um, the two people on our bench that could have made the difference were Golden Tate, who we sat, and then Jamison Crowder against, you know, the Ravens, who, you know, I know that you and Lucas were talking about that earlier uh, last week. And um, it just just really a tough start for us. I just didn't see, you know, uh, an upside to playing Jamison Crowder, but obviously he comes up big. So, fortunately, uh, you know, that was a difference. It, I don't see many people who would have played. I mean – the only argument you could have made, and, you know, fantasy football is a motherfucker, dude, because you're going to sit here the whole time and be like, oh, Adam Thielen was hurt for weeks. We should have understood he wouldn't have had a big game. Like, why not take the upside? But then you think, like, dude, the Ravens are incredible. Jamison yeah. Crowder has not been very good recently. Um, Robbie Anderson's that entire offense outside of Lev. And honestly, for me, I already give you guys shit every week for Le'Veon Bell, but I can deal with that <laughs> being, yeah. being still a top-tier running back or at least an RB1 weekly and you just play the upside. Playing two Jets – in your chan- like in your semifinal against the Ravens on the road. Like I just there's no way I could do that math in my head. So yeah. uh, no no harm there. Robert Woods had been on fire recently, so you can't bench him either. Josh right. Jacobs and Eckler being healthy. I mean, I, I I feel like you played the right guys. And my whole thing with fantasy football, even when you lose, it's like, did I play the best roster I could? It's always easy to look at your bench and be like, oh shit, random fucking guy went off for 35 yeah. points. <laughs> I should have played him. But it just, you know you make the best roster you can every single week and uh, you played the best players you could have. Um, if Crowder would have, uh, you played Crowder and, and had somebody else out there, you may have beat Paul, but the same thing, if he would have played Jamison, not Watson, you would have lost anyway. So yeah, it's exactly. always, it's always so, retroactive. Yeah. Hindsight's 2020. You can't just, you know, you can always play the hypothetical, but it is what it is. You know, it was a good run, man. Like, you know, to be fair, we had a great uh, time doing this league. I mean, I'm super happy we, we got involved with it, dude. It was a lot of fun. Awesome, man. And I, you know, it's, it's a pleasure having you guys on. Um, I mean, obviously we had uh, Alex on, I think the very first time you guys came on, you yeah. came on as a duo. And after that, it's been pretty much you, I know with busy schedules and again, uh, you know, you're far East coast, I'm far West coast. We got Lucas in the middle, uh, Paul coming up in the second half, he's in the East coast as well. So we've got a, you know, uh, a few hour time difference here every time we do these pods. So I appreciate you making time of course. Um, and uh, let me run through mine real quick here and we'll just kind of recap these and then we'll just run through the rest of them real quick and and let you go um on my side uh i lost to lucas as well so uh lost by 26 um he had Tannehill staying hot for 28 fournette 12 kareem hunt uh with 15 julian edelman only had two and i felt like that was really an upside play for me but uh Devontae Parker had a garbage time touchdown, which, as we always say on the podcast, you can love or hate garbage time. The point is in fantasy football, it does matter and it counts. So 
Devontae Parker, uh, Devontae Parker, 23 points there for him. Ian Thomas, uh, stream of the week, really, for a lot of people, but only put up four points. Alvin Kamara, only 13. Tyler Lockett, though, my nemesis in fantasy football <laughs> fucking forever, dude. Uh, eight for 120 and, t- and a TD after weeks of being shitty. Buffalo defense, 19, and Tucker with just four. He had Kenyon Drake on the bench, which I think all of fantasy football did, uh, with 38 points. Um, and Danny Amendola with uh, 18 as well. So he had a number of players that he could have put in that would have just spanked me even worse. Um, I did think I had a chance Thursday night when it came and went, and Tucker only put up four points. And then Ian Thomas uh, and Julian Edelman put up six combined early. And Kamara, Fournette, and Kareem Hunt put up you know less than 40 points total, and I thought I really had a chance there. But unfortunately, on my side – Dak Prescott, just 21. I thought he could have had a much bigger game against the Rams, but they straight up just whooped the Rams' ass early and then rode Zeke and Tony Pollard at the end, so they just didn't need him, unfortunately. Dalvin Cook got hurt early, of course, so just six points from him. James White, early touchdown. You hit me up, and we're like, yo, let's get James White moving. Of course, you're a Patriots fan, and then you text me right away like, James White, early touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I was pumped, and then nothing after that. <laughs> Dude, so crazy, man. You can't you, – you'll never figure out the Patriots. It's just uh... – it's well, again, sure. they got they got up on the Bungles, and actually the Bengals played them really well early. I mentioned yeah. in the recap episode with my ballers and stallers, like the Bengals actually had a legit chance to beat the Patriots, but they're the Patriots, and they eventually figured it out. But uh, Joe Mixon went crazy. The Bengals played well for a quarter and a half, um, but they just didn't need James White in the second half. There. Rex Burkhead, Jesus Christ. I don't know where. Anyway, <laughs> but of course you start Rex Burkhead. He's going to get you, you know, three points every time. <laughs> right. Devontae Adams, 23. Nice breakout game for him, but a little too late for me. Michael Gallup, one for six. This was a really perplexing situation for me. Unfortunately, with Dak, I was really hoping they could beat up on the Rams. And again, they just didn't need to run the uh, running game there. Zach Ertz, 17, helped out a lot. My man, Raheem Mostert, early touchdown. Nothing after that. Then got credited for a fucking bullshit fumble on a lateral at the end of the game. Really? That was negative two late. Uh-huh. Zach Pascal just eight uh, on Monday night. Uh, Philly defense, just eight. And Robbie Gold with 12. I like that. But here you go. Nobody on my bench. I could have played over anyone else and beat him anyway. So yep. I played. I played the right guys. Uh, just came up short, and you know I was pretty stoked that the four of us, uh, me and Lucas and you and Paul, all four of us are very involved uh, in one way or another with this podcast here. Um, and it was just cool that the four of us had made the semifinals. And of course, no disrespect or you know low blows to the to the listeners out there at all it was absolutely a blessing to have everybody involved and it was a lot of fun but it was cool to have kind of the core four of of the podcast make it to the final four there um as we mentioned multiple times on the podcast between you paul and lucas you guys were the number one seeds the entire season um you and lucas got that number one bye and i was just kind of in (laughs) third fourth place chasing you guys the whole season um you guys beat me up two different times uh Lucas beat me up two different times I think you and I actually I think we play each other this week in the in that kind of like third place yeah, match we um, do. <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens there but uh you know it was a really um pleasure you know jamming with you guys and, and getting to know you and and uh you know uh, hopefully we can obviously collab more in the future which we're planning on for sure um yeah. but we wish Paul and Lucas the best we'll have them on the second half um Let's just, uh, you know, uh, showing respect for the rest of the league, man. Can you help me real quick blaze through the rest of these matchups of uh, yeah. what went down in, in week 15, and then uh, we'll let you go. All right. Yeah, let's uh, – I'll jump right into People's Republic versus Hide and Zeke. 
So uh, I'm assuming this is the consolation bracket in round two. I'm not quite sure where the standings are, if you know, uh, how people did last week, but I'll just kind of read off the, the games as they went. I'm going to, uh, sorry to cut you off, just to let everybody yeah. know, after the championship this week, I'm going to follow up next week. Of course, we're not previewing week 17 in this league because we're going to play week 17, but I'm going to do a full like league breakdown. Um, just the, the final setting, uh, the final ratings, um, standings rather, and just kind of some feedback from the teams and who made some moves and stuff like that. So I'm going to kind of break down that a little more thoroughly uh, next week. So you don't have to worry about all that right now. Awesome. Sweet. Okay, cool. All right. So people's Republic versus hide and Zeke people's Republic came away with the win 148 to 129. Uh, so his lineup was uh, Russell Wilson with 23 points. Saquon Barkley. Uh, I actually had him in my home league and I'm super happy to see him with the day that he had just a little too late for me. I'm in, in the home league, but you know, if you kept Saquon and you wrote him out and, you know, I was just good to see him. Just I'm a big fan of Saquon. So I just like to see that he had that kind of day um, after, you know, after the injury. Uh, he had Laird uh, from New York. Uh, sorry, uh, from Miami, Patrick Laird uh, against uh, the Giants uh, with six points. He had Christian Kirk for nine. Tyler Boyd with five. George Kittle at 26. Monster Day. Cooper Cup with 16. Mike Williams with 17. Green, Bay, Green Bay's defense with nine points. Um, and Elliot Kicker from Philadelphia with seven points. On his bench, he had uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, he had Carlos Hyde with 16. Um, sorry, Baker Mayfield had 20. Uh, Terry Cohen with 14. Uh, Tyler Higby with 23 points. He's been beasting out, just, you know, the lone sort of star on the uh, the Rams offense outside of maybe Cooper Cup. Um, all right, Hayden Zeke, uh, 129. He had Gardner Minshew with 22 points. Uh, Aaron Jones with 17. Chris Carson with 26 uh, he had is uh, sorry is that yeah Keenan Allen let's make sure there's a lot of Allens in the league Keenan Allen with 18 uh, Cole Beasley with only one point unfortunately I actually know a lot of people that flexed Cole Beasley and unfortunately got burned by him this week um, he had Hollister tight end from Seattle with five Marlon Mack only with one point um, he had uh, is that Adam Miller sorry Anthony Miller from Chicago uh, with 20 uh, excuse me 26 points Kansas City defense with 10 and Mason Crosby with three points. Uh, as his kicker on his bench, he had uh, Carson Wentz with 26. Uh, and then he had uh, Brashard Perryman uh, from Tampa Bay with 34 points, three touchdowns. What a, what a game. That's insane. It's a great game. Yeah, that's so. a tough, that that's a tough sit <laughs> right there because yeah, <clears throat> I think that was a, that was a, I understand why he didn't play him, but that's a logical play him with Mike Evans out. And then right. of course, Chris Godwin went out mid game. Brashard Perryman, you know, who hasn't done shit in the league for the last five years. Um, he's been absolutely on fire the last couple of weeks for Tampa Bay five right. for one thirteen and three touchdowns. I mean, that was a, that was an unfortunate, game. unfortunate miss there. And, uh, people's Republic and hide and Zeke, both again, two uh, top tier competitors uh, as well. The three of us were kind of battling for that, um, you know, final playoff seating there. So, uh, shouts to both those guys as well. Let me get into uh dude, you're getting Odell and Pelkey Pelkey real quick. Um, Again, all this in the consolation bracket. Uh, Dude, you're getting Odell. Aaron Rodgers, uh, 16. Mixon, 18. Devin Singletary, disappointing. New Hopkins, 17. Kenny Galladay, Howard, and uh, uh, Debo Samuel, disappointing, under 10. DK Metcalf with just 11. Patriots defense showed again against the Bungles, 19 points, and Matt Prater was six. He did have um, A.J. Brown on the bench with 25, uh, which is a big miss there. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 26. Derrick Henry, just eight. Uh, Landry, Doyle, Cook. Um, Jared Cook, that is, and Washington's defense and uh, Adam Seibert, all under 10 points. Tyreek Hill, 23. Cortland Sutton with 11. And uh, Sonny Michelle accidentally getting 10 points there um, <laughs> in a super game script 
favored game, he gets 10 points. Dude, yeah. I mean, you're the Pats fan, bro. You got to sell me on that shit eventually. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, just 14 on the back end there. Um, Drew Missick and Prickly Pears had really the game of the week in fantasy. Unfortunately, uh, it wasn't for the championship, but uh, 162 to 158, man. Run us through that. Again, uh, shouts one more time while we can still give him some love. Uh, Drew Missick, the defending champion from last year, didn't make the playoffs this year, but uh, he was back in the league this year with Paul. And um, Drew Missick, the champion from last last year uh ending the year on a high note there cool yeah so drew Missick wins 162 to prickly pairs 158 uh so drew Missick had lamar jackson with 46 points torched it on thursday night uh todd Gurley with 20 uh devonta freeman with six stephan diggs with 11 uh, Al- uh alan robinson with 19 austin hooper with five manuel sanders with two points uh, adrian peterson with 17 minnesota's defense who lit it up pretty much for everybody that played them with 26 points uh, Will Lutz with 10 points. He did have Scary Terry on the bench with 24 and uh, Kurt Cousins with 13. Um, Prickly Pears, who was like amazingly at the bottom of the barrel for most of this season, had probably the best underrated lineup I've ever seen in my life. And unfortunately just got hot late. Um, but I think he he might have one of the better lineups in the whole league. So just surprising that, he you know, it just took him – that long I kind of feel bad because it's like damn like this lineup is stacked but that's that's why really quick I want to jump on this just for a a second here and and peel away because I know that you play in your home league with a points based standing system and we've talked about this previously on the podcast if prickly pears were in a league like that he'd be a top tier team yeah but but he he might be he might be but because we play head-to-head he got outscored barely pretty much every week and had a losing record with right. one of the better lineups in the league, which is just why I, – I mean, there's pros and cons to everything in fantasy football, but why I kind of lean toward maybe a point-based system. You know, we talked about earlier in the season changing up every year. We change up the style of the TCK pod listening just to have some fun, just do two QB leagues, tight end premium, fucking all flex positions, two defenses, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think maybe one year doing just points versus head-to-head scoring uh, would be kind of fun. But anyway, shouts to Prickly Pairs because he had a huge fucking team, but unfortunately just had some uh, bad beats. But go ahead with his team. Yeah, so again, yeah, I mean, this is just a pr- micro example of his whole season. So he loses by four points with 158 on the scoreboard. <laughs> insane. Um, so he ended up with Kyla Murray with 17 points, Zeke, who had 30, um, Miles Sanders with 35, Chris Godwin with 17, OBJ with 14, Darren Waller with 20, James Washington with 13. He did have Snell uh, from Pittsburgh uh, with a zero, unfortunately. Um, couldn't do much there, but uh, still, you know, still, again, still with the zero, had 158. Um, Jacksonville's defense with four, uh, and then had uh, Matt Gay as his kicker from Tampa Bay with eight. Um, did sit Tony Pollard with 22. You know, it's kind of a tough game to predict that Tony Pollard was going to have 22 points. Um, Sam Darnold on his bench with 19, and uh, Chris Conley with um, – uh, sorry, I'm getting to – points here 20 points yeah um from jacksonville so you know it's one of those one of those one of those weeks man it's like it happens last up julio daddy and nuke took a duke here julio daddy matt ryan 22 points tevin coleman uh with four uh philip Lindsay, larry fitzgerald uh randall cobb um all under 10 uh cleveland defense negative four chris boswell with five jason witten with 13 julio jones my man Finally, 13 for 134 and two touchdowns, unfortunately, against the 49ers, but 
points there on the other side. Um, Christian McCaffrey, 36 points for Nuke took a Duke. Uh, Johnny Brown was 16. Will Fuller with 11 before he went out once again. Sterling Shepard with 20 and the rest of the team under 10 points there. So uh, kind of a low showing from both of those two teams. But um, again, shouts and respect to everybody who joined the league this year. I've been getting hit up pretty uh, consistently already in the DMs and whatnot and via email about next year's uh, applications. I'm not going to open those formally until after the NFL draft. So it'll probably be the first week or two of May that I open up um, submissions to the 2020 TCK pod listener league. But if you'd like to just be on my radar, please send in a message. Now, let me know you're interested. I have kind of a running list, whatever, and I'm going to send out invitations to those folks first. If you're still interested, boom, if not, then I'll open it up uh, to everybody else. Um, Chris, I appreciate it, man. Just a kind of a quick segment. Thanks for jumping on here real quick today. Um, we are going to uh, take a quick break and get into Paul and Lucas breaking down the TCK pod listener league championship game before that though, my man, um, please let us know where we can find all of your content. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Uh, as always, it's been really fun this year. Uh, you can check us out uh, at the commission fantasy football podcast uh, on either Apple or Google play. Uh, we're also on Podbean. We're going to be up on Spotify pretty soon. which is not there yet. Um, but look, look for us on that. Then you can check us out on our handles, Instagram and Twitter. It's at the commish FFP. Um, you know, again, just come, come check us out. I think we have, you know, some different content. We like to, uh, to broaden out the horizon um, of what we're trying to talk about on our podcast. So if you guys find it interesting, you know, please subscribe and leave us uh, or, you know, DM me with a note on what you guys like. Um, Sky, one thing I love that you did about um, starting up this particular league is that you asked about, you know, things that uh, people enjoyed about your podcast and things that you could improve on. That was awesome. Um, you know, and for anybody that follows the commission, you know, please DM me with things that we can improve on or do better or that you just already enjoy and that we should keep doing more of. So, um, you know, one thing that I've always enjoyed, Sky, is, just, you know, shooting the shit with you on this podcast. It's been a lot of fun um, and looking forward to, you know, more collaboration, seeing what we can do in, uh, in next year's season. And honestly, dude, even in the offseason, I think we talked about that a little bit. Um, so, you know, I think we'll, we'll have a lot, uh, you know, coming forward. Absolutely. We haven't exactly filled out our entire calendar for off season, but I think we're thinking maybe two, like two episodes a week, um, maybe just one after the Super Bowl for a couple months to let us all come up for air a little bit, but we will have player breakdowns, recaps, everything else. Definitely want you. I mean, you're formally a, a part of the team and a part of the family here, man. So the commish FFP and the TCK pod um, definitely connected. So I appreciate you guys uh, all love to you and safe travels and uh, happy holidays to you and yours, man. You too, bro. Thanks, man. Cheers. Hey, listeners, let's take a break here. If you like what you're hearing and want to find the Candlestick Kids outside of the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, Twitter at TCK underscore pod, Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, or drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a rate and review wherever you're listening. It really helps us to get your feedback. Finally, please visit our website at tckpod.com for weekly rankings, Lucas's Start Sit article, and more. Before we get into the second half of the episode, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get 
the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to and how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Championship round is finally here. TCK Pod Listener League champions. One of you will be crowned the champion, the other the semifinalist in the place. A very, very special episode. You've already heard from Chris, uh, our good friend from the FFP. And now we are bringing back Lucas Kaser, who's on the podcast consistently and now is in the championship round. But very excited to bring in a good friend of the podcast and defending um, championship rounder, uh, Paul. Paul, how are you feeling, man? It's good to have you back. Feeling well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So last year, really quick before we bring in Lucas, um, last year, Paul, you were in the same game in the TCK Pod Listener League, um, had an had a unfortunate defeat from Drew Missick and took him uh, the you know, uh, runner-up from last year. Um, we had you on last year. It was a great episode and, and a recap of your team. I definitely want to run through both of your guys' teams and the draft process and how we got to this point. This year, what's different? Uh, this year from last year, Paul, really quick on just maybe your mindset. I know you're somewhat new to fantasy football overall, uh, but clearly quite successful. Uh, Definitely. I played in five leagues this year, so it was a big year for me. And what I did differently this year is uh, play players based on who they're playing. So rather than like maybe just playing Odell Beckham every week because he's like everyone thinks he's one of the best, you might put someone in like Jamison Crowder, you know, when he was doing well. That's a great move, and we talk about that a lot on the on the episode, and I know that Lucas is a big proponent, so let's bring him right in. Lucas, how are you feeling today, bro? Feeling good. Feeling almost done with finals. Almost done with finals. Almost there. Get there, buddy. Get there. Good luck. Best of luck to all of our student, uh, student athletes, if you will, out there grinding. Good work. Um, Lucas, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. It's not about just playing your studs. It's about playing the matchups as well. Um, Paul has a great uh, example there. Odell Beckham is Odell Beckham on paper, but not on the field. Jamison Crowder can't hold a candle (laughs) as far as popularity goes, but production-wise, he has outpaced Odell most of the time. Uh, Just a quick thought on, you know, playing the matchup versus just your studs. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but just kind of a a recap, bring that home for us. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a – I kind of want to call it like a a hump to kind of get over in terms of like fantasy success. Like, obviously, it doesn't – correlate directly but I think that's a huge um, advantage if you have that over your league when they don't know kind of what to do in those scenarios 
And I think that's what separates average players from people like us who take this seriously. We're in multiple leagues. Obviously, we run a podcast and a league and all this stuff. We're a little more uh, nerd than the average fan. But I think the difference, uh, you know, with Paul, again, um, being new to fantasy football, but understanding what – I mean, not new, new. You've been playing a couple of years. But um, playing – the matchups, playing the numbers and understanding the analytics of fantasy football versus just playing the popular names. And of course, Paul, it's worked out for you in back-to-back years. So congratulations there. What I'd like to do here is run through your guys' matchup. We're in the championship week. You guys have made it all the way. Um, Paul is this year's points leader, overall points scored, just outpacing uh, Lucas. And so you guys really are the top two teams, not just in record, but you've been in the top two in the standings pretty much the entire season. If it wasn't the commission FFP boys, um, Paul is the points leader on the season. Lucas ended up getting the number one seed. This is really how it should be. Um, so what I'd like to do is run through your guys matchup. I'll let you guys each go through your own teams. Um, uh, Lucas, I'll let you go first, Paul, you can piggyback up on that and I'll kind of jump in as I need to. And then I'd like to have some fun and actually dial it all the way back to draft season where we're going to look at your draft day teams, your week one roster, and kind of talk through the draft where you found some gems, some guys you thought were going to pan out. They didn't, some guys you didn't think were going to pan out, but took a chance on, they obviously did work out and just kind of figure out how we got to this point. So, um, both of you bring up your matchups. Lucas, will uh, start up with you this week. And um, why don't you take us down player by player and let's talk through these rosters. Yep. Uh, so overall, I'm projected 139 on the week. Uh, quarterback, I'm just going to roll with Tannehill. No point of change. And he's uh, helped me get to this point now. So I'm just going to keep it there. He's a good matchup against the Saints. Uh, I got Fournette sticking in the top R- RB1, RB2 role against the Falcons. I threw in Kenyon Drake this week, um, I guess kind of chasing points from last week, but I think he solidified himself as the RB1 for the Cardinals in a very good matchup against the Seahawks. Tyler Lockett bounced back last week, so I upgraded him from flex one, or sorry, flex two to wide receiver one. Uh, I got my boy Devontae Parker. Um, I guess we'll kind of recap it at the end, what decisions I need to make for uh, the championship. And then I have uh, Cameron Bray at the tight end. I got to stream him this week because Evan Ingram, for some reason, does not like to play football at all for me this season. Um, so I got Cameron Brady against Houston, kind of just hoping the wide receiver production falls a little to him uh, in terms of Evans and Godwin. Kamara in the flex, he's going to stay there until he proves me, proves me different. Um, yeah, just the last week, so this is about it. And then I have Mike Boone uh, in the flex two spot. So as of today, which is Thursday, he or Dalvin Cook has been um, deemed unlikely to play by many reports. However, uh, Alexander Madison still has not been decided yet, so I'm kind of hesitant here um, with him. So I have a decision to make between him or Edelman, which we'll probably talk about as he plays on Saturday. So that's a big spot to make a decision uh, Saturday morning. Broncos defense against Detroit and Justin Tucker against the Browns. Ooh, anybody on your bench that you're contemplating? I know you got a couple guys down there that – you know, could be flex options. Yeah, so I have Kareem Hunt, who's been in there the past couple of weeks, but they played Baltimore, so I'm just going to stay out of that because I think it should be a blowout. Um, I don't know. I'm the, I feel like Mike Boone and Kenyon Drake are both better plays than him this week, so he's just kind of not going to make the roster. And then Edelman is the only other one. Uh, so basically it's Edelman or Mike Boone is who I'm deciding on, and it's kind of the – uh, I guess like worst situation considering they play Saturday and one plays Monday night and we have a little 
not a lack of information on Boone, but not a guaranteed start or uh, sit decision for him. So those are the only two, just Boone and Edelman. Let's hope we get a report Friday and Saturday morning so. to help you to help you with that. Um, all right, man. Let's uh, let's jump over. And Paul, why don't you take us through your roster and your decisions as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I have Deshaun Watson as quarterback. I'm pretty much playing him every week. I do have Winston as a backup, and I think I did play him a couple times, but generally I think Watson is going to produce more. Um, I have Mark Ingram, who I've always liked. I've had him on my roster for years, and just he's just a player I pretty much always choose if I can get him in the right round. Um, I have Melvin Gordon, Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, Kelsey. Those are players you're probably never going to bench. Jesus. Um, DJ great. Moore in a flex spot, and then – I do have Jamal Williams and Deontay Johnson. I've been going a little bit back and forth with them as my second flex, but I think I'm going to ride it with Jamal Williams. He's definitely been producing a lot more lately than Deontay Johnson has. And then I also have Steelers and 49ers. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Steelers against the Jets. Uh, the, the 49ers are playing the Rams, and you never know what the Rams. The Rams could score 40 points. They might score three. So I think playing anyone against the Rams is kind of a risk. And then Harrison Butker. I do have Jason Myers on my bench, but I only picked him up one week because uh, like Butker was on a buy or something. So I've pretty much been riding Butker the whole year. We've talked about your roster every, every week, you know, we, we uh, preview the next week, we recap everything else. Um, we've talked all season about how you've had three quarterbacks on your roster um, and three defenses. And sometime, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, we brought it up specifically. And it was like, sometimes you're kind of like, what the hell is this dude thinking? Right? Like, why would you have three quarterbacks in a single quarterback league? Or why would you have three defenses in a single defense league? And then you just keep winning and you keep blowing teams out. And you look at who you're actually stashing and you're like, wow, that's three really good options. Tom Brady's debatable, but he can also have a, a you know, a boom game here and there. Um, take us through really quick your mindset of, and we'll go through who you drafted and who you like started with, but why you picked up. Why? What's the value, in your opinion, of having three quarterbacks in a single quarterback league and then three defenses as well? I, I have to imagine it's playing the matchups, but, but take me through that process. We've discussed it a lot on this podcast with your roster in particular, but I want to hear from you. Uh, what is that about? Definitely. I think having multiple defenses is super important uh, because you can't really ride one defense the whole year. You're obviously, they're playing different teams, and that's just like a position you're going to be constantly filling in. And then quarterbacks, I think it's kind of the same way. Those, those two positions, in my opinion, are the ones that can vary the most. And fortunately, I got Deshaun Watson, but say I had like three kind of average quarterbacks, you would definitely be changing those out every week. I think that's a great call. And you ended up with Jameis Winston as well um, and, and Tom Brady, and those are both late-round quarterbacks, right? Deshaun Watson, you ended up, you know, grabbing, uh, you know, in the middle rounds. We'll go over in a little bit. But um, being able to ride those guys every couple of weeks and in case of an injury and matchup and all this stuff, I think that's, uh, that's a, great, a great play there. I've always had two, three quarterbacks on my roster in our league of record, and guys give me shit about it every single year. But it usually uh, is a winning strategy. So – I appreciate that, man. And, and honestly, for both of you guys, I was, I was kind of looking for opportunities to nitpick your rosters and go back and forth. But looking here after we've talked about it, I mean, you guys are playing the best rosters, in my opinion, as well. So looks like you're fully loaded, both of you. Um, I wish you both luck. Of course, only, uh, only one can win. Um, I wish you guys both luck, and it's been a blast uh, having you both in the league. And, of course, Lucas on the podcast constantly, Paul doing work on the website early and uh, everything else. Um, let's dive into 
let's dial back the clock a little bit here. Um, let's, let's figure out how we got to this point. Uh, and Lucas, we can start with you again. Um, bring up your draft day roster and uh, Paul, bring up yours as well. And let's, let's just, you know, quickly go through your guy. I mean, you could just like, you know, quickly rifle off who you've got, or I could do it for you, whatever. Um, of course, I did a preview episode of the TCK Pod Listener League way early in the season before we got started. I went through the entire draft, round by round, my reactions, yada, yada. And, of course, now we're here in the championship, and I want to see what panned out, what didn't pan out, how you feel about certain guys, um, you know, yada, yada. So, Lucas, if you wouldn't mind, man, why don't you blaze through your roster real quick and uh, just take me through maybe the mindset. The first couple picks, you know, are usually pretty obvious, but – when you get later, what panned out, who you got rid of, who you brought on, that kind of thing. And then uh, Paul will do the same with you. Yeah, I think you can kind of um, put me and Paul's teams in sort of the same category. I think we our first five-ish, six-ish picks were just kind of didn't miss at all, like the whole season. I think they are just really solid. So for me, it was Kamara, Evans, Fournette, Lockett, uh, Ingram to start the season, and then Kenyon Drake kind of here and there, just kind of mattered when. Um, and I, well, you'll hear Paul's, but I think it was kind of the same scenario. Like those guys were in your roster no matter what, no matter the matchup, and they consistently produced with the boom potential to kind of put us over the top in terms of points and wins. Um, if I had to like pick kind of a couple that I, I guess missed on, not I think, well, I took Pettis in the eighth round. So that was obviously a miss, but everyone missed on him no matter where you took him in the draft. Um, I took like Wentz in the ninth. A uh, good pick was Krim Hunt in the 11th. I don't know. I just kind of – I didn't take him in any of my other leagues. So I just thought might as well in this one to see what happens. Um, but besides that, it was not much of a – I guess Paul had a couple, like, steals in the late, late rounds. I really didn't have many, like, steals that were in my roster the whole year. Uh, so, besides that, I think I just had, like, an overall solid draft to start and then just kind of built upon that through waivers and quarterbacks. Let's not forget about one of your best picks of the entire draft, and that's reaching for Justin Tucker in the 12th round. <laughs> Obviously, that panned out. Um, quickly, uh, to finish up, and then we'll jump to Paul, um, take me through maybe, you know, probably from Dante Pettis down on guys that you drafted. Now, of course, draft day, this looks like a good move. That's why we draft dudes, right? So there was a reason to draft these guys where you drafted and when you drafted reaching, whatever, finding value. Take me through the guys that are kind of laughable at this point. Um, because they're not relevant now, but 16 weeks ago, or you know, 13, 14, 15 weeks ago, they certainly were relevant. Take me through kind of those guys that you drafted, why you drafted them there, and then you pretty much probably just threw them out. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. This is my last draft, like, overall. I don't want to say I was, like, experimenting, you could say, I guess, but I was just like, eh, I might try this. I haven't done it all year. So Pettis was one of them. I didn't take him in any other leagues took him in the eighth and I, honestly I think at the time of like the hype around him that might have been a steal I don't really remember like what his ADP was that Abso absolutely was man I remember Pettis was supposed to be that number one guy uh for sure because we weren't sure um that Debo was going to be De mm -hmm. Debo obviously Emmanuel Sanders didn't exist yet for the 49ers um and we weren't sure that George Kittle was going to be as beastly so that was a good pick at the time yeah so I think him um I mean that yeah, didn't pan out obviously Evan Ingram in the fifth that was kind of a that one, I kind of – because it's a 12-team league, right? Yes. Yeah, I think at the time I was kind of like, oh, a 10-team league I can stream. But I think adding those two teams has kind of brought in that I need to get one now sort of factor. Because um, obviously by then all the other tight ends, the top tight ends were taken, and the fifth is maybe kind of a reach on Ingram. Uh, 
I guess, in the way I evaluated tight ends this year. So I don't know about that was an injury killed him, but I don't know if that was really a good pick in general. Um, the tenth round, Justin Jackson. I'm assuming at the time that was just speculation on if Gordon was never going to come back, and Jackson would have been maybe a second flex at best. Um, the cream hunt, like I said, I was just trying it. Just might as well to get one. Probably the same with Tucker too. I'd never take kickers that high. Half the time I don't even draft one, and I just stream one uh, before the week. Um, who else? Chris Herndon. Yeah, that would, that didn't work out too well. Um, in the 15th round, the the process was in check though for why I took him. But yeah, besides that, I don't really have any standouts. I'd say Pettis is probably the biggest one. Totally. You also drafted Naheem Hines, Cole Beasley, and Paul Richardson. Uh, those guys were hit or miss throughout the season, of course. But in the back of the drafts, you're, you're taking risks anyway. So um, appreciate the breakdown there. And Paul, your turn, man. Um, take us through, you know, again, I mean, we've looked at your roster a number of times. Your first handful of picks were everyone's fucking money. The back half, though, uh, definitely some questionable calls now, but same process. Run us through your your uh, you know your solid uh, picks of the draft, and then we'll turn it on the other half of maybe some guys that you were reaching for preseason, but they didn't pan out, and and maybe why. Right, for sure. So in two other leagues, I had like really top uh, draft picks, and two other leagues I was like really low, and this was like my one where I was kind of in the middle. So I was, I was thinking like, maybe I should try like the no RB approach. And that's kind of where I went with this situation. So I kind of knew immediately I was probably going to get a wide receiver, not one of the top running backs. So I went with Michael Thomas and then round two came and I was thinking, you know, do I want like a subpar RB or wide receiver? I might as well take Kelsey since he's like one of the top tight ends, which is also in my opinion, pretty unconventional just to take Kelsey in the second round. So third round comes around, I picked Amari Cooper. Round four, I, I don't have a running back yet. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take Mark Ingram. And then round five came around, and this is where I really needed to make a decision because it was already round five. A lot of the running backs are not on Melvin, Melvin Gordon's level, but he was obviously suspended at that time for, I think, wait, was he suspended or was he? Holding he out. was ho holding out. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, okay. Sorry, yeah, I kind of forgot but it was, it, But it was completely undecided if he was going to – we kind of thought he was going to miss like two games or pull a Lev Bell. So at the time of drafts, this was a very uh, risky move to say the least. Right, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, I really need to get another good running back, and this is like my one chance. It could ruin my season or it could play out. So that was like definitely one of the riskiest moves I took. And then round six came around. I got Deshaun Watson. Um, after that, DJ Moore, which was a great pick. Bears next, which is also unconventional. You're not really picking a defense anywhere near that position. But the Bears were projected at number one, so I took them. That obviously didn't pan out. I ended up playing them like the first half of the year and then went other directions. But um, Peyton Barber after that. And I think that was like round nine or ten. And now literally all I had was like Peyton Barber and Ingram. So I was getting super nervous about this no running back strategy at that point. <laughs> because if Melvin Gordon didn't pan out like in week one I played Peyton Barber he got like six points and I was like oh, if Melvin Gordon doesn't come back this is really not going to be a good situation but fortunately he did come back um, anyways Delaney Walker next Moncrief Richard Tom Brady Butker Deshaun Hamilton and then Jamal Williams which was just like totally lucky pick because he blew up this year for sure that's that that's that handcuff risk as well with Jamal Williams with uh, Aaron Jones missing a few games Jamal Williams jumped in playing very well and now Jamal Williams you picked in the 17th round and it looks like uh, barring some you know crazy change the next few days you're starting Jamal Williams your 17th round pick in the championship game 
So that's interesting there. I have a couple, a uh, couple of react. Also, don't forget that you drafted the legend uh, Frank Gore as well in the fifteenth round. Um, let's, oh, I, didn't, uh, I actually didn't write that down. So thank. No, oh, it's it's okay. I got you, dude. Frankie G. <laughs> I, I know you know you're a Bay guy too, 49er, and and uh, he's got a soft spot in our heart. I'm sure forever. So I just want to give him some love. Um, a couple reactions to your team, Paul. So I had the eighth pick. I guess I should have mentioned this early. You had the sixth pick overall going in. Lucas had the fourth. I had the eighth. Um, I just want to make a mention that you picked Michael Thomas before Devontae Adams. Um, preseason, I had Devontae Adams as my number one receiver overall. I ended up getting him in the, in the, as the eighth pick. Uh, I think everybody, quote unquote, in the industry had Nuke Hopkins or Devontae Adams as their number one receiver, probably the fifth pick um, after the big four running backs. Really quickly, tell me why, obviously, Michael Thomas panned out. Why did you pick him, though? He was kind of going in that back of the first, beginning of the second round. What made you so confident at the time to pick him over Devontae Adams? Yeah, definitely. So when the year he was like a rookie, I had picked him up in like one of the late rounds. I'm not, I honestly don't know what round it was, but he really obviously blew up his first year. So since then, um, I've just, he's been like one of my favorite receivers. And I kind of picked the players that I like and the players that have produced over the years. I'll definitely pick them over a player maybe I haven't had before. So that was pretty much my only mentality about that. I love it. And clearly it worked out. Michael Thomas is a fucking animal, dude. And, and you know, if Devontae Adams wasn't hurt for a lot of the season, I think he, you know, probably would have been a top tier receiver as well. But uh, nonetheless, Michael Thomas worked out. Um, buzzing down a little bit. We've talked about Melvin Gordon. Um, DJ Moore in the seventh round. Uh, were you like legit confident it would pan out? Um, he's been the number two receiver over the back half of the season for fantasy football um, with like half a quarterback, different changes, three quarterbacks now for the Panthers. Um, no real understanding of if Cam Newton's going to come back next year. What's Kyle Allen going to do? Will Will Greer pan out? <laughs> a lot of hype around Curtis Samuel preseason. And you go with DJ Moore in the seventh round. Were you actually confident it would pan out or was just, just kind of like, a, I need another receiver and he was the best available? Uh, well, I had DJ Moore last year, and like somehow he ended up on like three of my teams this year. So, I, like I said, I think players that have produced for me pretty well in the past, I just kind of continue to go with them until until they prove me wrong. I dig it, like Mark Ingram as well. Uh, Bears in the eighth round, obviously a reach there, but you know, number one defense, whatever. I just want to make a quick comment, and I'd love to have Lucas, you know, uh, jump in as well, um, playing multiple leagues here. Uh, obviously, we're not, we wouldn't be picking a, a defense that early. If you're going to do it, you pick the number one. But let's just say, you know, the Patriots and the 49ers are going to be the number one and two defenses off the board next year, guaranteed. People are going to draft them in the eighth, ninth, or tenth round. Um, I almost guarantee now <laughs> that they're not going to be the top defenses by the end of next season, though. And, Paul, you're a, a, a perfect example of this. Obviously, your team has been fucking crushing all season. You're the number one points getter. I'm not giving shit to your team. You obviously know what you're doing. But this is a perfect example of – Drafting the Bears defense in the eighth round, you played them the first half and they were all right. You're now in the championship game and you have three defenses on your team and none of them are the Bears. Right. So, so Lucas, jump in here real quick on just picking defenses early that early and how that might play out for your season instead of drafting maybe your third running back, a tight end at that point, a late round quarterback, uh, you know, third, fourth receiver instead. Yeah, I mean, I don't think – like, obviously, I, I think not to do it. But um, I don't, like, have a set-in-stone strategy to who else to pick there. Like, I mean, I get the process of it. Um, 
definitely a lottery pick. Uh, I, we could probably pull up after the season, like the Patriots, 8, 8, ADP, even if they were drafted and all that stuff. But all right, in our draft, I just saw they were drafted in the last round of the draft. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that just kind of throws it into perspective what can happen. And it happens every year, too. So, I think um, – I don't want to say, like, hey, look, it doesn't work because, obviously, Paul's team worked. So, it's kind of hard to, like, give a what-you-should-have-done type of strategy. But I just – I'm going to stick with don't do not do that and just stay away from it um, just on a personal, I guess, strategy. I'm with you. And, Paul, why did you, uh, why did you pull the trigger there on the Bears? Even being the number one defense, why draft the defense that early? Uh, it was just, like I said, I was already kind of nervous about the running back situation. I was like going totally unconventional. I was kind of like freaking out a little bit. So I was like, I'm just going to pick who's supposed to be the number one defense and just see what happens. But in hindsight, now, now I can see that like the reason I probably did have three defenses is because the bears weren't really panning out. So I kind of was like scrambling for a defense all season, but generally back to the quarterback thing, I would, I would usually have three quarterbacks on my team, but maybe not three defenses. I like it. And, you know, you end up picking up the Niners who panned out, of course, preseason. Nobody knew even, you know, super Niner fans like myself had no idea this was going to happen this year. Um, But their defense being a number one or two fantasy option pretty much all season, uh, you were able to pick them up off of waiver out wires. And and, and that obviously panned out to help you out quite a bit there. Um, Let's talk about a couple players that you drafted that you kind of let go and and what you were thinking during that process. Um, We've talked about, um, Peyton Barber a little bit, but, uh, you know, Delaney Walker, I think that's a good pick at the time before he got hurt. But Dante Moncrief, Jalen Richard, um, I'll let Tom Brady slide as a backup QB. Um, and Deshaun Hamilton uh, as well. What just preseason, what were you thinking on any of those guys? Like Moncrief, Richard, Deshaun Hamilton, those were kind of just like who's projected to be the best at that point and just clicking the button. It wasn't, I didn't really have any sort of mentality on those players just looking at backups at, uh, at that point and hoping they pan out like um, Frank Gore was startable early before Devin Singletary really took over and Jamal Williams obviously panned out there. Um, fantastic, man. Well, clearly you guys are both uh, made some moves, but the top of your roster worked out. Neither one of you had real serious injury woes. Lucas, of course, unfortunately is having to deal with the uh, Mike Evans loss. That's definitely um, that's definitely a big one. Evan Ingram too throughout the season was rough, uh, but Paul, you've been, You've been pretty healthy outside of Delaney Walker um, for most of the season, of course, uh, getting Melvin Gordon back in the second half there. Um, that's awesome. And I, I uh, appreciate you guys breaking it down with me here. Um, before we get out of here, are there any, you know, any, th- any last minute things you guys are thinking about for this championship week, any maybe advice or things you could tell the listeners here of, in that championship game, how are you guys feeling? Are you confident? Are you nervous? Um, you know, what uh, are you feeling good about decisions that have made you this way? Do you just kind of feel lucky to be there? Um, uh, Lucas, maybe we'll start with you, but just tell me uh, how you're feeling rolling into championship week. Yeah, I mean, I think we played each other. Oh, gosh, I don't even know. A couple weeks before playoffs, and it was super close. I know and we were we were texting each other all week, but I think um, – we could probably say that we obviously there's money involved and we put it kind of closer to 50 50 than what it was. Um, kind of just cause I think we both know that it could go either way and we don't want to be on the short end of it. Cause we know both our teams are pretty good. So there's definitely like, I can say I'm confident, but I definitely know the other side of what could happen and I guess what's projected to happen. So it'd be kind of interesting to see uh, how it all plays out and who I make my Edelman Mike Boone decision on uh, by I guess Saturday morning. 
I dig it. Paul, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, I've had my solid team all season, but definitely I would say to other people, if you're in a position where you're projected to lose by a lot, take risks. But if you're projected to maybe only lose by a little bit, definitely don't take any risks and just hope the other person like can score a little bit less points. I dig it. And the, the, I want to just touch base on kind of a sportsmanship move uh, from both you guys that Lucas just touched on really quick. We don't have to talk about the amount of money uh, because it's irrelevant for everybody else's league that the amount doesn't matter. But the point is we have a winner's pool um, here and we have runner up money as well. Uh, We also have a bonus uh, that Paul was able to take down for the highest score on the season. I don't want to talk about the amount of money, but I want to talk about the principle of you guys reaching out to each other before this game. You know, you're in the final. One of you is going to win. One of you is going to lose. Um, just the idea of splitting the pot, not 50-50. I think you guys went maybe 60-40 or so, but just that idea. I mean, why, if one of you guys want to jump in, why did you, uh, why did you decide you wanted to do that versus, um, you know, go for, go for uh, um, the big payout? I mean, I think it's – it was just, I think, all respect, honestly, is kind of what I was trying to say. Like, we know that either way our team is still good, and uh, I guess, like, either one of us deserves it just based on how we managed it this year. So, I think it was just more of a – like, I, I don't know. I think respect is probably the word to put on unless you guys can think of something better. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. But also, I think it's it's so unlikely to make it to the finals, I mean, with all mm-hmm. the things that can happen during the year. And I feel like once you've made it to that point – I you I don't really don't want to risk everything. I just want, I'd rather kind of like not split it down the middle, but kind of, you know, go 60, 40, something. Make like it that. worth it in a sense, kind of. Cause last year I actually, I was projected to lose by like 30 points against someone. And I was like, do you want to split it? And he kind of like laughed at me, but he ended up losing. So <laughs> because of that, I realized like, it doesn't matter what your projections are. Someone can be projected 40 points ahead, but it, it's only one week and anything can happen. Mm-hmm. usually when I'm in the championship game too, I open it up whether I'm favored or not. And I just open up the conversation and say, Hey man, like we've both been fucking busting our ass. We've been a, you know, a, a bunch lucky. We've avoided some injuries. We're both here. <laughs> Do you want to just split it? And you know what? Some people are like, look, man, I made it this far. I put in this amount of money. I'd rather go, go big or go home kind of a thing. Right. Um, and some people are into that and then fine. But I'm, I'm also kind of in the mindset of like, yo, we get there. If you win, you should win a little bit more. So you guys do have kind of a 60-40 breakdown. Whoever wins gets a little bit more. But the loser doesn't like lose, you know, like you're still making a good chunk. And uh, that's awesome. So I, I appreciate that, um, that energy from you guys there as well. So cool, man. Um, before we get out of here, uh, Paul, we've had a um, – a two year running discussion on the podcast, trying to guess uh, we've had people asking us <laughs> in DMS. We've had fellow players in the league uh, talking about it here on the podcast. If you are so uh, kind to share, please give us your team name early in the season. That was it last year, I believe as well, what it is now and the significance behind them. I don't think it was Charlotte. Well, I moved to Charlotte this year, so that's why it's Charlotte. Cause I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. But last year it was Nawa, which actually, so in Russian, the name for Paul is Pasha. But if you look at like the Cyrillic alphabet, it actually looks like Nawa. So when I write that in Russian Cyrillic alphabet, people always say, oh, your name's Nawa, even though it's actually Pasha. So that's kind of the discrepancy between those two words. It's basically the name for Paul in Russian. I absolutely love that, dude. I had no idea. That's super cool. There's no like complicated meaning or anything. It's very simple. And the reason I called it regular was because obviously we're in another league together and 
that one was Charlotte Nawa, and this one it was Charlotte regular Nawa because this is the regular league. The other one was the Dynasty League. <laughs> That's how you could tell them apart on your <laughs> on your settings. That's awesome. Basically, yeah, because then there was Charlotte regular Nawa and Charlotte Nawa. Beautiful, man. I appreciate it. Yo, Paul, I really appreciate you coming back on, man. Congratulations again on uh, making it back to the finals two years in a row uh, in the league and also uh, being the the number one points getter. I know Lucas was right on your heels, man. Um, you guys were coming down to the wire there, so very impressive. Um, I know you've moved uh, moved out east uh, to Charlotte. Uh, I've I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast too much because I try to keep my music life out of the fantasy football world, but I have toured through North Carolina quite a bit, and I personally love North Carolina. Um, really quickly, uh, growing up in the San Francisco area, now you know all the way across the country, um, what's just kind of a couple main main differences out there? And are you changing your allegiance from the Niners to the Panthers? I definitely went to some Panthers games, and I actually one of my favorite teams is the Steelers and the 49ers, so I got to see a Steelers game preseason, so that was pretty cool. But other than that, I just moved out here for a job, and I'll probably be here for around a year, but I definitely would like to be back in the Bay Area at some point. <laughs> there you go. Right on, man. Well, um, I wish you guys both uh, tremendous luck. Uh, congratulations on getting to the championship. Uh, Lucas, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast all season as well. Um, I know that with the holidays coming up, uh, regardless of what you celebrate or what you don't celebrate. Um, I think we're going to take it pretty easy next week. I think I'll have a recap episode of this on my own. Like I do usually we may or may not have Chris and Lucas back on next week to preview some things, but with the holidays coming up, I think we're going to take it easy. Uh, but before then um, any final words from uh, either one of you? I just wanted to give it. I wanted to give a shout out to Daniel uh, Danny because we ended up actually playing each other in both leagues that we're in and he beat me in one and I beat him in the other. Now we're both in the finals in both our leagues. So I just wanted to say good luck to him. And I hope he uh, takes that win in the other league this week. Respect Lucas. I'm saying good luck. About all I got. Awesome, man. Paul, all the way on the, all the way on the East coast, Lucas in the Midwest. I'm on the West coast. I wish you guys uh, much luck in the TCK pod championship game uh one of you will be bringing home that hashtag tck title uh best of luck to both of you and happy holidays that'll do it for this episode huge thanks once again to chris lucas and paul for hopping on the podcast always a pleasure never a chore with those guys be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod. You can also find us on Twitter at tck underscore pod or on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast page. Also, make sure to check out our website, tckpod.com, for weekly rankings, waiver wire ads, and Lucas's start sit column. And if you've gained any value from this episode over the entire season, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. Leave us a rate and review. And also give us a like and a follow on social medias. It really does make the difference for us. Make the most of the rest of your day and best of luck in the championship round. And we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to use the hashtag TCK title when posting about your victory. For Crest Benavides, Lucas Kaser, and Paul Borowski, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.